Welcome to the second episode of Trust is My Home. I'm very excited today because it is the feast of Our Lady of Loretto. Pope Francis newly placed the feast on the universal calendar. And I feel really blessed that we can all celebrate today. And as we talk about God the Father and what it means to truly belong and to live our lives from a place of belonging. So happy feast. Welcome to Trust is My Home, a weekly podcast about living a covenant of trust with the Father. From Loretto House here in Austin, Texas to your own home, this podcast seeks to lay down and enflesh the foundation of trust that becomes the true rock on which to build a home. Each week we will talk about realigning our lives toward the Father. What does it mean to trust Him? If God is a good father, and we believe that, how does that change the way we live our lives? We'll dig deep into the hidden treasures of the hearts of mothers and fathers who are choosing to live radical trust in God, and speak honestly about the challenges and the testimonies that come from such a life. This is a podcast from this home to your homes, meant to reach into the sometimes lonely struggles to weave encouragement, joy, and community into your day. So whether you're driving, cleaning, folding, or just stopping to listen, welcome to Trust is My Home. Welcome back to Loretto House and to Trust is My Home. So in the last episode, uh, we talked about why, why we should trust and who we should trust. And we spoke about the why being that because we have a good father and obviously a person that we should trust is the father but i think that we all know in our own experiences that it's pretty easy to say that um, but what does that really look like and what is the heart of that so yesterday we celebrated the immaculate conception and oftentimes that's a feast that's very um it's a harder one to get our head around. Uh, it's, some people are confused. Does that mean we're talking about Jesus being conceived immaculately? And ob- obviously we know, or don't know, um, that no, indeed, this is about Mary being conceived. And as we were talking about the garden um, and the perfection that was first given to um, Adam and Eve of perfect harmony with God, with man, with creation, and with themselves, and how that was lost. We see through this story of creation, this journey of men um, to go back to the garden and to achieve it kind of on their own. And we fail. We don't do very good. We can't do it. We can't bridge the gap that's been broken. Uh, We need help. And if we go through the story of salvation and salvation history, the story of the prophets and, and the patriarchs and, you know, the kings, we see this beautiful and sad um, kind of back and forth between God making advances towards men and then men, you know, being faithful, receiving that, but then um, not being able to maintain that relationship uh, because of our own weakness. And we see, we see the sin that is pervasive 
throughout um, the story of salvation. So God is, is speaking a yes. God is speaking his life and his love, and he's finding people throughout the story um, to respond to his love and his advances. And whenever there is a response, we see grace enter into the world. You can see this with uh, Noah, with Abraham, Moses, David, and with the prophets. Um, this advance of God, God in search of man, and then these men who are hungering for God, and by, by his grace hearing his voice and saying yes, and God manifesting himself through a covenant with, with men, but yet it's still incomplete. It's not enough to bring us back to that place of, of unity and harmony with God. And so what, what is the Immaculate Conception? The Immaculate Conception is, is God's gift to us of a creature, one of us, a human creature, who is kind of given to us as a gift of someone who is in perfect harmony with God. And we might, it's really kind of, interesting theology behind the Immaculate Conception because what, what the theologians are saying is that it's like God, because he's outside of time, redeemed Mary before she was even created, which is kind of mind-blowing and probably difficult to understand. But So when we look at what is the Immaculate Conception, I was really reflecting on this yesterday and I was thinking, like, Lord, what is it? Show me what this means. Like, how can we describe this? Or how can we understand why we should celebrate the Immaculate Conception and what it means for us? And Mary in the Immaculate Conception is this gift to us of a perfect, pure being who is totally in unity with God. And I would say, I don't know, maybe we have those moments when you know, you first give birth and you're just in awe before the innocence and beauty of a child. Or maybe it's, um, maybe it's something that is, you, you come across a, a just beautiful sunset. Or are these moments that we experience of the purity of truth and goodness and beauty? Um, I hope that each of us can conjure up in our memory at least a moment when we were in awe before something so beyond ourselves, almost so perfect. Well, Mary is the crown of all of that. And the best way to understand the Immaculate Conception is, is to think of it as, like, is God's the Father's engagement ring? <laughs> you know, like the perfect diamond, the engagement ring for humanity. So what is an engagement ring? It's, it's the sign of love, and it's a, usually given in a jewel, a diamond that's so pure, that is signifying something that's going to happen. It's signifying the intentions of this man to marry this woman. So it's, it's not the whole story, but it's the anticipation, the hope, and the sign of a love that is going to lead into a deeper relationship. And so in a way, we can look at the Immaculate Conception as God the Father's engagement ring with, with humanity. So he gives us this gift as a prefiguration, or not even a prefiguration, as, as preparation for God himself to enter into our flesh. Because for God to enter and to humble himself so deeply and enter into our flesh, he needed a vessel 
that would be pure in the sense of not grasping and um, and not not kind of tainted by our own fallen humanity. So Mary isn't immaculately conceived for herself. It's it's not really even for her own glory. It's for our glory. It's like the, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception is a celebration of how deeply the Father loves us that he gave us a creature that could put flesh on God. <laughs> I mean, our faith is pretty crazy. It's incredible. But one of the things that God the Father was showing me, I was praying about this yesterday to really understand this. You know, we oftentimes talk about like, wow, Mary's fiat, her yes, her yes to God. But you know, when you're just conceived, you're not really um, using your free will, per se, as a human. But what she, Mary's, Mary's first act, Mary's first um, gift to us is her belonging to God. That the foundation for Jesus to enter the world was the belonging of his mother to the Father completely. And I was just really reflecting on this ache in the human heart, in my own heart, um, to belong. To belong somewhere, to be so settled in belonging that there is nothing that um, can shake it. And what I mean by that is just, you know, I think we can have like brief moments of experience that the joy of being so freely giving and so freely receiving but belonging is even kind of a word that goes beyond giving and receiving perfectly. Belonging is as I am, I am good and I belong to the Father. Like there's no thing, there's no gift that needs to be given in order for this to happen. And I was reflecting on, um, you know, the way we do ministry in the church and just the people that we see that have gifts from God that all of that really, if it's not first grounded on belonging, it can become, um, it can kind of lead us away from God or it can become not a barrier for God, but it's not put in its right place. So what do I mean by that? Um, so I might have just so much zeal and I want to share with all of you uh, who God is and I, and I want to speak and I might meet somebody and I just want to share it all. And if that person doesn't receive me, that wounds me. And so I'm reflecting on like, what does that mean to be received? You know, when I'm received, I feel, you know, validated. I feel happy. I feel um, loved. But is there something that, that even is beyond before I even give any gift? You know, when you see a baby, is a baby giving anything? You know, when you're holding a newborn baby, um, what are they giving? <laughs> They're just giving their presence, right? They're just, they just belong to this family. This baby belongs to this mother. And I, I've actually this summer, I've been and through October, you know, just at a lot of births and just experiencing this beautiful, these beautiful moments of, you know, other siblings encountering uh, this new life or, or parents encountering this new life. And there's this moment of, um, beauty and, and, and almost like pain because it's so beautiful. And I look at this child in the arms and everyone's like, can I hold, can I hold the baby? Can I hold the baby? And the, the moment this baby is born, he's 
entering into belonging. And it's so beautiful. And this baby hasn't even done anything, right? There's no like, wow, look at her, this child's gifting. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> this baby's crying and he has a wrinkled face and, and this baby needs to eat. And you know what? Because of this baby, this mother's body is in a, a, a tr tremendous amount of pain and she's pouring herself out in her body for this child. But this is this belonging. And so even like going back to the Immaculate Conception, God gave us a creature who was completely immersed in belonging to the Father so that the Son could come to us, so that the Son could take on flesh, our flesh, and bring us into belonging. And so I just want to ponder in this episode, what is this belonging? Um, and how can we recognize the places where we're trying to fill that belonging the wrong way? And then in recognizing, okay, if my greatest peace and my greatest joy is in belonging to the Father, like how do I access the Father? How do I access the Father if I never had a Father that was, that was who brought me into belonging, who gave me the identity of belonging? And so what we're going to do is just kind of ponder in a deeper way how trust and belonging are, are connected and how we can maybe open ourselves up, especially in this Advent, to entering into that mystery of belonging. So, um, to really kind of talk about belonging, I think we need to reflect on the opposite, you know, this experience of, even in our own bodies, of not belonging. And, you know, it's, it's Advent here, but for many people, this is a time of many kind of office Christmas parties and, and gatherings. And I don't know if this is the case for, you know, you who are listening, but those experiences of walking into a room and you feel like the anxiety in your body, you know, um, how many of us are so completely at home in our own skin and in walking into a space with, with other people that we don't have an anxiety? We don't have anxiety about what we are going to say, how it's going to be received, the connection we will have. Um, oftentimes, this ad Advent season is oftentimes <laughs> like a crucible of, of just anxiety. Um, Maybe it's even going home, you know, going into, you know, Christmas parties at home and, and your home life wasn't really great, but, you know, this is what we all do. We get together. I think we all know this experience of feeling of alienation or isolation, even in the room of many people. And I think that there's every single one of us. I know, I know for myself, you know, there's something we just want to look into the eyes of, of someone <laughs> and see that we're just good, you know, without doing anything. And how often is our life, whether we hide it or not, you know, we, just a longing to be home in the eyes of someone uh, without doing anything. And so what do we do when we, are, we experience alienation or isolation or, or a disconnect? Um, we lead with our gifts, right? So... We come to people with our gifts. We come to people with the best of ourselves. And 
And somehow, if we bring the best of ourselves, you know, if we decorate our house the nicest and, and we were dressed really well and the gifts that we're giving are good, then we can, then we can belong or then we can have a place here. And I think that this is one of the biggest lies of our time and it's, it's killing us. It's really killing us because we're not, we're not allowing ourselves to, to recognize this deep ache within us, you know, to, to just be and to be in peace and then to enjoy others because we're at peace without performance, without having to do or give anything. And a lot of times I think in the church, we are always leading with our gifting, but we're lacking in belonging. And when we're leading with our gifting, oh, this person's a great speaker, oh, that's a wonderful blog, or look at this book that somebody read, or that group over there, they're amazing. What it does is that, first of all, we put people on pedestals because we, we want someone to be, you know, together. And, and, and so we, we kind of gravitate toward people that are, you know, speaking really great things and have uh, great gifts from God. But, but it doesn't bring us home, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't bring us to a place of home all the time. I mean, maybe it'll, it'll give us like a little, like a good, good word to get through the day and it, and you know we can hear from this priest and he's he helps us in our faith but but when we're leading with gifting and not belonging we're still limping through life and i think that we're seeing the results of this in the church right now we're seeing the results of this and in so many of the you know the heartbreaking and we call it scandal but these heartbreaking manifestation of sin and you know most sin is the root of trying to belong or not belonging. I mean, when I am fully belonging, I'm not gonna go seek after, after false things. So instead of, uh, you know, all participating like shaming, right? So we see these scandals or we see, you know, this priest fell and my heart breaks because it really truly breaks because I just feel like we need to remember um, you know, that we're all children before a father. <laughs> and, and even priests, um, you know, priests, they're often asked to, to really carry and, and to help heal the wounds of so many people, but do we allow them to be, you know, sinners in need of God's mercy and in need of belonging as well, you know? So I think that why it's so important to talk about belonging because it's the root of so much sin and what is sin it's 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 breaking love you know sin is a is an offense against love and how does the devil get us to sin like how do how does this happen that the worst of ourselves you know comes to the front or we we fail our own best <laughs> our own best you know intentions our own best desires for our own selves why do i sin you know, the progression to sin often starts first with feeling isolated or alone. And if you know the story of Narnia, um, you can see this so well in Edmund, right? I mean, it's we somebody is outside of belonging and then open 
to the voice of another. And because they either have not let themselves receive that belonging, they are prey to another offering of comfort, self-comfort or an easy comfort. And so, so, and in my own life, I mean, the times where I'm most prone to go against, you know, what I really feel God is calling me to is those times where I feel rejection. The times where I feel um, like people say, you don't belong. Because it puts me back into a place of, you know, well, what's the point, you know? And why not just forget about it? Like, I'm going to have to comfort myself or I'm going to have to make my own way. And then I'm, I'm just so open to whatever, um, you know, whatever is my poison. You know, whether it's, it's <laughs> you know, wa watching a series just to numb myself and my emotions so I don't feel that pain or, you know, it could be worse. Um, the times that I go to something other than God are times where I have given to the lie that I don't belong. I know it. And I think that if we looked at the church scandals and all the pain, I mean, we're just a big bunch of people crying out for belonging, for belonging to the Father. And so, okay, here we are crying out to the Father. Like, that's great. Oh, thank you. You've really helped us. No, but then what do we do with that? When we finally, first of all, what do we do when we recognize that, you know what, when I, you know, this person or whatever goes online and starts looking at pornography or this happens, um, it's usually out of a place of aloneness or despair or discouragement or boredom, which is the opposite of belonging. And, you know, there are so many good priests or speakers and we need to pray. We need to pray for those priests and, and, and individuals in the church that have been called you know, to carry a message and are, are really well known and that we love them because there's nothing more that the devil will allow to do than to take them down. And he will do this the same way he does it for every single one of us. You isolate, I mean, it's like the, the wolves, they isolate the, the, the sheep or they isolate the, the prey first and then they attack. And so this is why it's so important that from the very beginning and in a foundation of really a covenant of trust with the Father or entering into a relationship with the Father, that we are not leading with our gifting first. Because when we do that, we're setting ourselves up for a fall. And you can just see it like this, you know, and I won't name any names, but it's like a story that we could tell a thousand times, you know. Wow, this priest who's an amazing speaker, and he's just bringing people to God, and then he's surrounded by people who love them and praise and adulation, and then you see this kind of everyone's around, and, and you can hear I almost and that person's going to be exhausted because everybody wants them and they have to be present everywhere, and if they, you know, if they don't respond to an email fast enough or they don't respond to this person, then then they're like kind of you know, somebody will lash out at them and that shame will hit them and then they will feel alone and they'll feel vulnerable. And then you're going to feel like, you know what? I deserve to comfort myself. I pour myself out. I deserve to comfort myself. So slowly you go into this process where because you're leading with your gifting and not your belonging, you're setting yourself up, you know, for this progressive, like, okay, rising, speaking, God is, you know, using, 
God is using their words, but then it gets shifted. It's not in its right place. The gifting is not set in the right place so it's not secure so it can be used then and it creates scandal and then we're all hurt and then it, it hurts the faith of the people but at the very heart of it what is it we're sons and daughters longing for a father and longing for belonging and when we're not living from that place of belonging no matter how talented we are no matter how articulate we are you know, no matter how like amazing our blog is or amazing our social media platform is if we're not in a place of belonging our gifts are not set in the right place and it's just a progressive we can just watch the progression to a fall and so and what does that look for just a mother you know i mean there's no, there's no one the devil loves to attack more than a mother. I mean, because you have, from the beginning of your day to the end of your day, you can have your identity attacked, right? Your belonging attacked. It's whether it's, you know, comments from friends about how you're raising your children or your own children's comments after you've like cooked a beautiful meal and they're like, what's this? You know, a mother's identity is so easily attacked. And so if that mother identity is not placed in belonging, how easy it is to fall, how easy it is to, to feel isolated and to feel defeated as a mother. And for fathers, you know, as, as they're, they're trying to be good men and responsible and giving, and how much of that, how much burden do we put on men and fathers, right? To lead with their performance and not to allow them to cry out to the father for belonging. And I really feel like this is a time where we need to allow ourselves to see both in men and women like a cry to the father you know we don't let men be weak enough to need a father and even as women we need to allow that space and recognize you know as women we can really we can talk to each other we can share a lot you know we can say what happened in our childhood a lot easier than men can and you know still we hide still we uh, we, we can get isolated but I've, my heart has just been breaking for, for men right now because I don't see a place where they are free to recognize the aching need of belonging, the aching need for the father. And I see some really um, virtuous men, good men, that are being taken down by the evil one because they need so deeply to be settled in belonging. So as they work and as they give and as they provide and as they come home, it's set, you know, their, 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 their being is set in belonging first. And so that the burden of responsibility doesn't become something that breaks their back and then ultimately leads into a place of, of isolation and then into addiction. I mean, we have to recognize, you know, the devil is coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And he wants to destroy marriages. And he wants to destroy families. And so there's so many, um, right now, just the marriages that are under attack, good, holy, beautiful people, I know, the men and the women. And in that attack, it's, it's first this attack. It's like this, this marriage covenant, it has to be set within the context of the father and belonging. Because I'm just watching the devil play. He's playing with this. And so when we see that our lack of belonging leads us to sin, how do we, how do we kind of get out of that? 
that's what we'll you know really speak about in the next segment so you know when we talk about how do we recognizing that maybe we aren't leading from a place of belonging how do we set about positioning ourselves to to cry out to the father and to begin building this relationship with God the Father. Well, once again, we go back to um, where I began it, you know, the Immaculate Conception of God leading first with this creature, with Mary, this this person of total belonging, um, being the person that could bring flesh to Christ. And so we see that Mary precedes the coming of Christ into her life. And then what does Christ come? Christ comes to reconcile us to the Father. So there are times when, you know, we, knowing our own weaknesses and knowing our own feelings, um, we start to believe the whispers of the evil one that there's, there's no way you can be loved. Like, look what you've done. And even in those moments, it seems so hard to go to Christ. And this is where Mary comes in. I don't know, um, I don't know for, for each family, but, you know, in some ways it's always, it's easier to go to your mom, you know, like, mom, I broke something. <laughs> she kind of softens the blow before you go to dad, right? And so there's this way in which Mary, in her maternal tenderness, and, and as a creature, as a, as a human, you know, as, as someone like us, she can bring those fears and she can help lead us to Christ. I feel like Mary can hold us in the place for Christ to reach us. And, you know, one of the things that the greatest kind of obstacles to going before, you know, to really recognizing what this, this belonging and, and, and being in this place of belonging is what you know, either ourselves, our own understanding of God, or what the devil is so happy to provide if, if we don't have our own thoughts um, of how God sees us. And I think it's really important to go back to the simple truth that Jesus Christ went into the darkness, went to the darkest places, went into death for you. Jesus Christ took on flesh, came into the darkest places, the deepest moments of our shame, the deepest moments of our sin. He went there for you. And so Jesus is the bridge to belonging. And Mary is the one that holds us in a place of, of safety or a place of tenderness, even when we're in sin, so that we might encounter Christ and cry with Him, Abba, Father. There is something so profound, and if only we knew how, how to fully understand, like that, that Jesus, when, when asked how to pray, the very first words, it's the Our Father, Father. And 
I'm recognizing here that our own experiences of our fathers and mothers have a major impact on our experience of seeing who God is. But I think that when we talk about kind of going to a place of belonging, we need to first recognize I'm broken. First recognize I'm, I need, I ache, I want to belong. And that's kind of scary um, because we've been taught that vulnerability is like the weakness, <laughs> you know, to need is to be weak. To need to belong is to be weak. I mean, this is the lie that was inserted in the garden. And there's a kind of a self-sufficiency that has to be uh, rejected. And we have to surrender ourselves to something we don't know experientially, maybe. And this is where trust comes in. Because ultimately, the question is like, is God who he says he is? If we're going to church and we're going to mass and, and we're like, we're Catholic or we're Christian, um, and we profess, you know, we profess that God became man to save us from our sin. But I think we, we get kind of bogged down by so many different things. We don't go back to the main message. I mean, the story is God the Father sent his son into the world through the womb of the Virgin Mary and sent his son into darkness to bring light. And I think the question is, I mean, do you believe that? And maybe you don't feel it, but do you believe it? Can you say, Jesus, I don't feel this, but I believe it. I believe that you came to die for me. Am, am I willing to put my shame, my sin, um, my disconnect, my longing for a father, my longing for belonging in your hands? Am I willing to see that you could fulfill that? I think we have to stop just saying words and actually take a moment to really think about what, what do I believe? And if, if this is what we're, you know, why do we have a, a church? We have a church because the church is meant to proclaim that Jesus Christ came to earth and died and rose again to save us from our sins. And that's it. And the sacraments all of these, these are means and ways to touch the grace of God that he obtained for us by dying on the cross. The Eucharist, the sacraments of penance, I mean, every single sacrament is a mediation, is, is like a gift of just meant to support this relationship with Christ, this relationship of belonging. And Maybe we need to just step back and look again at the simplicity of the message. God became a man. The God who created the universe, the God who, you know, you look outside and it's so beautiful and, or it's rainy and it's cold, but this, this world was created by God. And that God entered into this so that you are never meant to be alone, even in the darkest place. Even in the deepest shame, he is there. Even in the darkest valley, 
He is there. There is no place where God's blood has not yet reached. There is no sin that God's blood cannot heal. There is no abuse, alienation that he has not come to heal. So what is our part if that, if that is true? And I believe it's true. What do I have to do to access that? I need to get on my knees. And I need to say, you know, have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. Here I am, God. I, I can't do this on my own. We have to let go of the control. And when we can't have belonging and control at the same time. Are we willing to let go of control in order to receive belonging? And belonging is this beautiful thing that kind of settles in on us imperceptibly and settles us into relationship that gives us confidence that we are good. And it's not like, wow, this one moment I surrendered and it's all better. It is this daily going in those moments of, of like, I'm recognized right now, I feel rejection. So I go to the Father. Father, you've answered this rejection already. And I want to apply that answer to this rejection. Your son came right now. Your son was wounded for this. So I'm going to bring this hurt I have. I'm going to bring this lie that was spoken against me. I'm going to bring this feeling of overwhelming pressure to provide for my family. I'm going to bring this to you and say, you are who you say you are. We can only have belonging if we're willing to trust that God is who he says he is. And if we have not had an experience of really knowing who God says he is, let's start by asking Mary. Just hold us on her lap and tell us who her son is. Because we don't know. Because the only thing she will do is bring you to Jesus. And what will Jesus do? He will bring you to the Father. And this, this is the belonging. And it, it's, it's day by day, but, and it's not one thing, but what if we began? What if we began reframing our lives from belonging and not from gifting? What if we began today allowing ourselves to recognize how anxious we are, how, how you know, afraid we are, that we're not enough, and said, you know, is this something, God, that can I bring this to the manger? You know, is this something that you have an answer to? And we lay it there. And I, I really, truly believe that what we offer in surrender, you will see God work in your life. You will see him come in. Because the only thing he wants is you. Your gifting is wonderful, but he just wants you. And I pray that as we continue on in this Advent journey, that we find ourselves Christmas Day at home, at home with the Father.
at home in the wonder of creation, the wonder of a God who would take on our flesh, the flesh we so often hate, that he would take it on. That would become divine because he took it on. Mary, mother of belonging, pray for us. Jesus, we trust in you. A very blessed feast of Our Lady of Loretto to all of you. I hope that this episode has been a blessing. If it's something that you find helpful for you, uh, please share it with others. I'm excited about next week's episode. We will have a special guest who will be talking about the abandonment prayer. Uh, and it's a prayer written by Charles Difficult. She'll be speaking about that and its significance in her own story. And I'm very delighted to have her. And I know that she will be a blessing to all of you. <laughs>